Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hello and welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. My name is Melanie Boylan and today I'm joined by Cynthia Watson, who is the CEO of Vertira. Hello, Cynthia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Melanie. Nice to talk to you today. Um, We brought you on here because you put out a report very recently about... um, you know, how people are feeling in the workplace or actually out of the workplace and spending a lot of time online Zooming. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about this report, please? Sure. So what was really interesting is before the pandemic, the use of uh, video during a meeting when you're on a remote meeting was, it's not very, it wasn't very common. And then as we also saw, it just went crazy. Zoom, of course, is almost a noun right now. And I talked to a lot of business leaders and most of them were saying that it increased productivity to have people on webcam. It, it increased engagement. Um, And my indications from people actually having to be on webcam were different. And I didn't see any studies about this particular idea. I mean, we heard about Zoom fatigue, Mm. but we really didn't understand some of the causes of it. Um, Recently, we saw articles in um, coming out of Stanford and the Wall Street Journal about um, how to, you know, how to become, how to reduce the problem if you're on webcam, but nobody actually asked the question, should you actually be on camera? So I really wanted to find out and that's why I did the study. So tell me, how did you conduct the study? So we went through, I used two platforms. So we went through MTurk, which is the Amazon um, survey platform. And we also went through um, SurveyMonkey platforms. We wanted to make sure that we were addressing two groups and we qualified people according to whether they had worked from, actually we qualified people as if they were um, fully employed and if they were professionals and if they were, you know, if they'd commuted back and forth to the office in, in the last few years. So we really wanted to um, make sure we had the right subgroup. And we surveyed about 2,500 people. And based on responses, we got it, got it down to about what I would say 1,700 qualified responses. And I have a, I have a business analytics person on my team. So we had a very, very good um, statistical number that indicated we, we were we were correct so it, we, we did it over um, a two-week period and um, just published the results I think about a month ago so that you actually got a huge amount of response in a two-week period didn't you yeah we did but I think it was you know what was interesting um, the I think it was uh, it was kind of struck a nerve because I think this was kind of a, uh, we had 30 pages of comments about people, how much they hated being on webcam. And the, the people, so it was fascinating to me. What was fascinating was not the quantitative results we got, so the percentages, but the absolute horror of, that people had of having having to have people peer into their homes of 
having to be stared at and having to look at themselves on screen, the high anxiety they were feeling. And it was, it was truly remarkable to me that, that, you know, something that was clearly distressing so many people had been mandated by so many managers. So, you know, and again, you know, we heard things that the be on camera and you have to do this and even new people with we we hired into our own company when they started they had everybody on camera all the time and it was i almost had to do the study to prove to them that no this is not a good management practice um, i suppose it's a, a form of control but if you were at a face-to-face event, you'd expect people to look at you whilst you were doing the talk anyway. So why is this any different? It is a little different. And I think the reason is, is that people confuse. So a face-to-face talk, I would say, would be more of an engagement. It would be more of an engagement strategy. So you're trying to interact. You're trying to, um, you're trying to connect with people. And I think for engagement, and smaller meetings, that strategy. So the cultural side of a business, I think it works very well on a somewhat of a limited basis. Mm. But we're, our, our company is all about productivity. What makes people perform better? What makes people, um, what really is the secret to remote team, cross-functional team productivity? And when you're talking to people in person, the, the trying to equate engagement with productivity is I think it's a mistake and I think that's I think that's a I think that's a, um, an error that some people when they're managing remote teams I think they do confuse that mm. and you have to keep them separate one is culture one is production and um, yeah of course you should you, at some point you should interact on camera with whoever that you are talking to so that you un, you can see the person you can say but that's an engagement process if you're product if you want to be productive if you want to be productive it's not always necessary to be on camera hmm. no i get that i mean as you know zoom have different levels of um, engagement so you can have a smaller group where everybody can be on camera if they want to be or when you do a webinar there's just too many people so there's no need for anybody to be on camera but there is a a chat area where you can converse and engage people there Um, right so yeah exactly but you know I I will be honest with you when I first started um, doing because I'm a social media trainer I my side hustle and um, so when I started doing regular social media training through zoom it felt really weird because I couldn't tell if anybody was getting what I was talking about if they weren't on camera you know because sometimes you can see somebody looking awkward or sort of nudging somebody else and saying what what was that she said or writing down furiously and you're thinking why are they doing that it's because they have they they can't pick something up because you can you get um body um ticks don't you You get body messages from people and you understand what what they're going through because you can see them move and feel awkward or uncomfortable but when they're not on camera you don't get that at all you don't get those cues so do you think it's it's easier now I mean it certainly took me a while to adjust myself I think a lot of I think a lot of people have gotten used to it but I also think that, and again, to your point about being able to watch body language and mm. being able to um, understand, I've heard that I mean, we've got facilitators who come in who want everybody on camera. And 
there's the whole issue of how much, you know, how much multitasking can a person really do? So, you know, if somebody is presenting a course and you are also at the same time watching everybody who is on camera, I think you can do that with a, a smaller group, five or six people. Mm. But I think if it gets beyond that, I think, honestly, I think it, it just is distracting not only for the person, if you're trying to, I think it's different if you're giving a course, but if you're trying to facilitate a group to a certain end and take them through a planning process, I think you should be focused on what, and listening to what they're saying. And um, again, it's, it's, it's such an interesting new area because again, before the pandemic, this was very, very rare mm-hmm. to have people um, meet on camera. So I know I do take your point. And it, I think I think there needs to be a lot more research on it, honestly, to see where the where the fine line is. You know, one thing we did find is what I found so interesting from the study is that even the people that even if there wasn't a uh, message or a, uh, a mandate to be on camera, mm. if the rest of the group was on camera, there was peer pressure. So mm-hmm. people felt compelled to be on camera, even if they were uncomfortable. And some of the, the, the comments indicated that the anxiety levels were so high that it didn't matter if you could tell if they were doing body language, they were completely un, unengaged because they were, they just were so un, they, they were not interested in, um, in having a bunch of people look at them. And they also were engaged, not wanting to, you know, they didn't want to look at a bunch of people either. Okay. So have you got any conclusions that came out of this that either surprised you or didn't surprise you? Yeah, I think the, um, so I went into it thinking that the, the majority of people that would be most impacted by having to be on camera would be introverts hmm. because they have a higher I've done a lot of research because I'm an introvert. I've got done a lot of research in the past on what visual sensory uh, distraction causes in terms of introversion, extroversion. Mm. And, you know, we found that although the, there was a higher number, you know, it was still 50, 58% of the people who reported being in, extra introverts were, were reported being exhausted by being but 40% of people reporting to be extroverts also reported it. So I thought that was really interesting. And that mm-hmm. was not a result I expected. The, um, the other thing that came out of it that I thought was, it was quite unexpected, actually, is that um, there was about 60% of the survey, and I asked about how many meetings they had, because I was not only wanting to see if the webcam was reading, the reason I wanted to see if people were just in general having more meetings. And um, about 60% of the survey said that they are now experiencing more meetings than before the pandemic and a considerable amount. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and most of the comments associated with that is that people that were used to having ad hoc chats around a water cooler or, you know, bump into somebody and say something, they were, they were doing meetings with that person and a formal meeting as opposed to using a collaboration platform like Slack or WebEx Teams or Microsoft Teams to just sort of check in with them. So I think that um, what I think what it showed is people may not be using the collaboration platforms as well as they could be. 
Does that make sense to you? Oh, it does. So, yeah. Yeah. So rather than chatting online, they're actually meeting with the person, which to me makes no sense. So um, I do think that the, uh, ex- you know, being on a webcam is certainly one factor, but I also think that this whole idea of how often you have to meet and who you have to meet with and how you collaborate is also something that needs to be, uh, it needs to be trained and it needs to be, it needs to be better uh, reinforced in corporations. Uh, I completely get that. And you're quite right because people aren't having to travel um, you know, there, there's no parking or walking or getting on the train or, you know, getting stuck in traffic. So now I'm personally doing six or seven meetings a day sometimes. Yeah, um, it's it, it's crazy. It's crazy the number of um, meetings a day that are happening. Uh, I couldn't, I, I mean, it was 60% of, um, 60% of the survey said that their meetings have substantially increased. Mm. I mean, who's, I, I don't know who has time to work, honestly. Well, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these feelings of exhaustion, how are they being shown? How are they being demonstrated in the workforce? So we've heard, um, there's been a lot of other surveys around this. So um, I think a recent one came out that 39% of the population, if some big, I can't remember who did it, some big population said 39% of the population or the workforce is depressed since the pandemic. Um, there's been lots of surveys on um, feeling of over, you know, people are feeling overworked. I think the main problem though, is that you have a whole bunch of people working remotely, even now, even if we're opening up, that really aren't suited for working at home. There are people like me who knew since 1981 when I had my first job that I was not suited for the office. It was just, for me, it was overhead lights, people wanting to talk to me all day. You know, I just found it extremely unproductive to be in an office. And so that's why I migrated to working at home since 94. And then there's, then there's the other, um, there's another whole group of people who, Really, the office, if you think about it, the office is not only where they work, but it's also where they socialize. And I think the pandemic has had an incredible impact on those, those individuals. You know, if you think about the, the Googleplex and some of the large, large, large in, um, buildings that have been constructed for uh, tech, tech employees to all converge, and it really is merging work and life. But at the office. So the, um, you know, we're right now, what I'm really interested in, I think what the next studies are going to be is about, you know, what really is the secret sauce on who should be at home, who should be at the office, and then who should, who's okay going back and forth, like the hybrid employees. And I don't, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any real good um, information or surveys on that yet. And I think that that's going to be very important to employers going forward to, you know, it's not so much that the job can be done remotely. It's should the person, should that person, should they be working remotely? I think we've got to make it much more about empowering the workforce to be most productive. And um, yeah. Well, so, yeah, say, some I think people do better at home. Some people do better at home and some people do better at the office. They do. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm assuming since I do, I do, don't do well at the office. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> worse than you know um 
that there's, and we saw from the study, there was a lot of people. I mean, literally the comments were, please take me back to the office now. Please, I want to go back to the office. Please, I'm miserable. So there was, a, there was also a lot of comments from people who were very much missing being in being in a, in a place where they felt, you know, they were socializing and they got a lot of their social constraints from. I can tell you, um, I can tell you one thing that I think is a differentiator. And I, I again, this is from all our years of, um, of hiring people and, and running a, a completely virtual company. We have found that if people have a, a lot of passions outside of work, in other words, if they're less career oriented, but they are more, um, they're more life oriented. In other words, they're working to live as opposed to living mm -hmm. to work. Mm -hmm. They do extremely well. So a lot of our people are big surfers, mountain bikers. Um, they have, you know, they're very involved in community sports. They're, they're, they're football players. And we have found that they naturally have to make their work more productive in order to pursue what they're really passionate about and so I think they do better at home they do I, okay. I find that and because they want to make their life they want their work to be as productive or as efficient as possible so they can get back on that surfboard and go catch those waves and for you know we had a lot of surfers working for us for a long time and I thought there was maybe a correlation between surfing and remote work but we expanded that over time to realize that the um the secret sauce seems to be that, um, you know, the highly, highly motivated people that, you know, want to see the world and they, they want to work remotely on, the, you know, the, the flip side to that is people that are really focused on a corner office, if they want a, a career progression are probably not a great fit for working at home because I mean, you're out of sight, out of mind. Right. So the um, it's natural that that if you are co-located with your manager and your executives at an office, that you are going to be it's going to be easier for them to see your strengths and, and oh, I say, interact yeah. with you. So, yeah. And I think it's going to be fast. And we've been we've been God, we have tried every personality test on the planet to try and see if we can crack this. And so far. Um, it's just, you know, we've got this one, this one point that um, people that have that aren't really motivated by work as much as they are by life. And, and yeah, does that does that make sense? Oh, it does. But what about people like me? Okay, I, I don't like working in a big office. Um, I'm a sole trader for a start. Um, and, you know, I, I, keep in contact with my Irish tech news um, colleagues through Slack, which is um, what you suggested. Um, but I have to be in an office to work because I cannot do anything at home. I'm just not productive at all. I get so easily distracted by my two cats, by telly, <laughs> by washing up. Oh, I better change the washing over. And, and you know, all of a sudden it's three o'clock and I still haven't worked. Um, Whereas I, I'm in a shared office so we've all got our own desks, um, but we all come here. And we, of course, we talk occasionally, but nine times out of ten, the fact that somebody else is working, answering calls and, and doing other stuff, I actually feel that motivates me more to work. Yeah, it's really interesting. And as I say, I don't think we've cracked it yet. Mm -hmm. Like, where, where do you fit on the spectrum? Why is it that, you know, 
would you, if you had a dedicated workspace at home and locked your door? I don't know. It's a really interesting point. No, I've got and, a dedicated, you know, dedicated workspace. I just can't work from it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, but it is interesting. And, you know, I'm always interested. I learned so much on these interviews that um, on the other side, that, that when people tell me things, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. It never, you know, I never considered that the, the home being, um, you know, a distraction, things like that. I, you know, it's fascinating. I'll have to add that into my, have to add that into my bag of trips, tricks for a future survey. Oh, interestingly enough, though, my husband has been working from home for eight years and he has no trouble at all ignoring the washing, wow. the piles of, you know, crockery and cutlery that need to be put in the dishwasher. It's next to the dishwasher. It's not in the dishwasher. You know, that's Interesting. So it's really a, it's really a question of, um, of how, why some people are more easily distracted by external, you know, by the external environment versus others. Mm. Fascinating. I have to, yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you. I'm going to um, do some research on that. You can make me and my husband um, your case study. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, well, it's interesting that you've got those two very different um, parameters, but where, where can people learn more about this study themselves? And, and are you going to be conducting more in the future? Yeah, we are, actually. I think there's still some unresolved um, issues. So if any, we have uh, the study on our website at vertira.com. And it, it, you can, if you go there, it'll, it pops up and you can click on it. And it'll, you can either go to the executive summary or go to the full report. And I think the full report is about 26 pages long as a downloadable PDF. And yeah, and we will. I, you know, the other thing I'm really interested to understand is why aren't companies using collaboration tools properly? Why is, why has there been an explosion of meetings? Is it because there's more one-on-ones? I'm really curious about that. And I don't think there are any definitive answers out there. And I certainly want to, I I want, and I think we still have a great opportunity to do these surveys because people, it's still fresh in people's mind. I think that um, if I wait too long, uh, as people go back to the normal, you know, workspace and we get through these third waves and everybody gets vaccinated, I think we're going to lose the opportunity to, to, to get the impression. So uh, I think I'm probably going to start another one in, um, probably mid-April in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start putting together one-on meetings and try to understand what's driving that. Mm. What is it that, is it management? Is it, you know, why? I don't, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today, um, Cynthia. And thank you for giving us a, a more thoughtful look as to why we need to be more, uh, yeah, we've got to have a better awareness of, of everybody that's out there. Not everybody is going to manage being on camera or manage being on camera for an extended period of time as well. Um, and uh, it's not just the adults that are also being impacted. You know, my, my children, um, uh, as are other people's children, they're doing online classes for hours and hours and hours as well. So it's having a, an impact on them as well. Um, yeah. And that is very interesting because there are a lot of studies from the from the eighties and nineties about learning and um, being in front of a screen. So fascinating stuff all around. We've got a lot to learn. That's all I can say. Yeah. Okay. Well, leave them hanging. Um, we'll leave them. We'll leave them there. <laughs>
Um, but thanks again, Cynthia, and um, we look forward to hearing more about uh, the further studies that you are going to be bringing up. Do let us know so that we can up update the website and, and let our listeners know about um, these further studies too. Sure. Thanks. It was, it's been great and uh, have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Well, that's all for now, guys, but we'll be back very soon with another podcast. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.